Welcome to Friday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. It is the best day of the week because it is the end of the week. I don't even know if that applies anymore. You know, that Monday through Friday job, I guess it's still fairly prominent, but not the way it used to be. Everything's a part-time gig thing anyway. But hey, do we need a reason to put a couple of fingers in Jack in the coffee? I think not. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And so many things to talk about. Got a great show lined up for you. We're going to get you up to speed on everything going on. But but I got to talk about, you know, it's Friday. Uh, it's football playoffs here in Arizona. Probably most of the country, I think. Most of the high schools. Uh, the football playoffs are going on. Uh, my son's team, they're on to the second round and uh, playing Vail Cienega from Tucson. Actually, they're south of Tucson. Uh, they're going to have to make the drive up and play us at our place uh, tonight. Good luck to all the teams, all the kids out there, uh, to the coaches, the parents. Uh, and and uh, let's not have what happened. I don't know if you saw what happened last night. Uh, not that I watch a lot of NFL. I'm watching a little more. And when I say that, I'm watching the Cardinals, you know, to be honest. Other than that, I really don't watch at all um, ever, you know, ever since that whole Colin Kaepernick thing and the kneeling and all that. Just, you know, it's just the way I feel about it. Uh, but last night, the Browns were playing the Steelers. And that's a rival. Those two cities are fairly close together. They don't like each other, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the game, I mean, the game is over. The Browns haven't won. Uh, They're up a couple of touchdowns. Pittsburgh had the ball deep in their own territory. It was fourth down. There were seconds to go. And absolute craziness happened. If you haven't seen it, it's gruesome. Uh, one of the Browns players, and this is how little I watch. I can't even tell you the names, okay? But one of the Browns players, I actually watched the video. Uh, the quarterback for the Steelers threw the ball. He, you know, tackles them afterwards uh, and and won't get off of them, right? And the Steeler quarterback and him are kind of having a little scuffle, if you will. And the player, the, the defensive player, grabs the Steeler quarterback's helmet by the face mask and rips it off of his head while he's on the ground, you know, kind of like dragging him. And other players are trying, you know, other you know, people are trying to, to get a hold of the guy, and then he takes the helmet. He's now got the helmet in his hand. Uh, the Steeler quarterback had gotten up. He took the helmet, and he throws a haymaker with the helmet smashes it on the Steeler quarterback's head. And then by that time, like the, a couple of other Steeler players had tackled the guy, and they were punching him, kicking him. I mean, it was crazy. It was, it, obviously, I, I'll say this. Yes, I, I watched it. It was horrible. Just another reason why I don't watch the NFL like I used to and probably never will. And, and, you know, I just think about it. I just bring it up because, uh, you know, my kid's playing tonight. And, I, you know, these kids, I, I promise you this, it is all over the high school football scene. If you're a high school football player, you've seen it. Uh, and, and hopefully, and I'm confident in the fact these kids today, uh, at least I would hope, uh, know not to do that. That's, it, it's, 
it was sick. It was horrible. Uh, we'll see what happens. People are talking about the guy uh, being banned uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, really, ultimately, at the end of the day, using the helmet as a weapon. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Probably shouldn't be playing at all, really, ultimately. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you'll – maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be like, I don't care. I don't want to see it. But uh, having said that, yeah, just uh, crazy things. Good luck to all the kids playing tonight. Uh, really, really fun stuff today. We got so many things to talk about. Another repo operation uh, being announced by the Central Bank. After two days of testimony by Jay Powell, everything's wonderful, don't worry. His testimony in front of Congress was, well, first of all, does the central bank ever tell you things are bad? I mean, they don't. Right? Even, even when they're bad, oh, we're cutting rates. It's, it's, it's just, you know, a subprime thing. Or, well, yeah, there's some trouble, but it's just over here. Or, or but uh, this is good, you know. But things are good. Things are always good. Right, because you know, let's face it, they're in charge. Just ask them. Right, they get to police themselves. After two days of testimony, uh, they they try to sneak one by again. They make another an announcement, another form of repo operations coming. How bad is the problem? Uh, finally, for the first time, Bank of America today just flat out said, "Dude, they can tell you it's not QE all they want." This is uh, nothing but QE and actually starting to become the biggest possible, maybe the biggest QE yet. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, the, the Dow is up. Another record. Clap it up, right? That's great. Listen, you got to have some equities. Unfortunately, uh, it was up on the news of good old Larry Kudlow, uh, my favorite guy. Uh, out there just lying to people last night, uh, talking about uh, the Chinese trade deal. Oh, we're close to a deal. Of course, he had to throw in the, the president hasn't signed off, which means and I've already told you, listen, there's only a couple of people uh, that matter. If they, you don't hear it from them, it doesn't count, right? The president, right? the president of China, Trump. Right, maybe Robert Lighthizer and Peter Navarro, those three guys on the U.S. side. Trump, Navarro, Lighthizer, if it doesn't come from them, it ain't worth the paper it's printed on. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Larry Kudlow reminds me a lot of the Indians and their deal for Manhattan. We'll talk about that next. A wolf in sheep's clothing, Larry Kudlow. Uh, last night, uh, you know, the the Dow came back. The Dow was down 100-plus points, came back because he said, oh, no, we're, we're close to a deal now. We've been close to this deal <laughs> for, like, ever. And I remember, you know, it, it's funny. When you do a show all the time and do radio all the time and you watch the news all the time, 
you actually remember things they said. Like right now, China is supposed to be buying up all this food. That was what they told us over a month ago. Matter of fact, the original thing they told us is tomorrow they were supposed to sign phase one tomorrow out in Chile. That never happened. And, of course, uh, Chile actually uh, canceled the whole deal anyway, which kind of made sense because there was no deal to be had. But, you know, for different reasons they canceled. And here's what they bought. So if you'll remember, they bought uh, 10 cargo loads of soybeans and some hogs when we first called the, I don't know what, what was it, the third time out by now in this trade deal? And the president was like, remember, they're going to buy $50 billion worth of food, and they're going to start doing it now. And we're, we're going to have this phase one thing done. Here's exactly what China has bought and since. Five cargo loads of soybeans to be delivered in January. That's it. That's all they bought. <laughs> Nothing. And even even uh, uh, the the agriculture department is shocked. They're like, man, they're not buying anything. And Larry Kudlow is still talking about, oh, no, no, we're going to have this deal. Listen, here, here's how I can put it very simply. You know, we all have heard the story growing up about the Indians selling Manhattan uh, to Dutch settlers. Right in the, uh, what was it, if my memory serves me, the Dutch West uh, India Company was the ones that bought it on the behest of Dutch settlers. And they gave them some beads and blankets, you know. And someone said it was worth like, uh, I don't know how many Dutch guilders uh, it was worth, but it was worth about $24. And they, they bought Manhattan, and oh, they stole it from the Indians and all that stuff. Now, the, the funny part is, is the Indians didn't view land like an asset. They just thought the land was there for everybody to use. So they probably were thinking what a great deal they were getting. Little did they know. But that's Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow will sell out the United States for a bunch of blankets and beads. No doubt about it. He doesn't care about our sovereignty. He doesn't care about our borders. He's a globalist. Right? You know, people go, oh, he's a free trader. No, my friends, he's not. Not a free trader. He's not a fair trader. He would make it, listen, if it, if it was up to him, the trade war would be over. And we, we would be uh, right where we are right now. Well, not right now, but right where we were before the trade agreement, which was China just abusing us and taking over the world. And he would, he would love to see it happen. You know, yesterday I was running the, those Mint State 6110 Indians. Uh, we, we, we still have, I think there's 39 of them left. Listen, this is, this is what I'm calling the Larry Kudlow Special. Right, the the Indians selling Manhattan, Larry Kudlow uh, turning his back on the United States. Uh, I was of, of all the appointments the president has made, uh, this is the one that bothers me the most. Uh, the he's 
He truly, all is he cares about are stock prices. That's it. He could care less, doesn't care who builds it, doesn't care what it costs. We'll give it all away. Uh, the MS-61 $10 Indian, and we talked a little bit about this. These are what they call graded coins. This is what our competitors sell. This is why for 23 years we're the best in the business. People, these are, you know, uh, I, I, would, I don't want to say these are ripoff coins, but a lot of dealers out there, they sell these graded coins and you pay big premiums. And you know what our rule is here, right? The rule here is we want to buy close to spot, right? We do. We also know we want to be private, right? We want to be able to buy it, sell it, trade it, stay private, right? The best thing if you are in the United States that meets all those requirements is the old gold, at least for right now. That's the best thing going. Your saints your liberties, and your Indians. And remember, the Indians were the fractional coins that went with the saints. And I've told this story. Eric told it to me. I tell it to you. You know, the the Indians were thought to carry the plague, right? And Eric always said, don't put that in your mouth. You don't know where it's been. all came from the Indians uh, because uh, some of the Indians had that in Q's design where they actually engraved into the coin, and they thought the germs for the plague were hiding out in there. So they didn't mint Indians from 1908 to 1933. They went from 08 to 1916, and then went, what? I'm trying to do the math in my head. Almost 13 years without minting any of them again. So they only minted them sporadically. They minted them for eight straight years, and then... For another three or four years uh, from 1916 to 1932, that's all they did. And then, of course, we know when you turned in the gold, a lot of those Indians and a lot of the old gold in general got melted down. Uh, If we are to believe uh, the former head of the Mint, uh, Moy was his name, who allegedly went to Fort Knox, saw the gold, saw the gold bars that got melted down after gold confiscation and said that uh, they didn't even take out the impurities. A lot of the gold bars, you could still see uh, the semblance of the coins still in the bar. According Again, that's according to him. That's what they look like. So there has always been a lot less Indians than there have been Liberties or St. Gaudens. Uh, and you 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 always paid the premium on the Indians, right? They, they cost more. There's less of them. They're harder to get. Uh, we don't run them very often. Uh, so yesterday when we were offered this this item, this mint state 61, and all that all that means is this these coins, these Indians, never made it out of the treasury bags. So when they minted them, think about uh, the mints back from, you know, 08 to 16 even, you know, and they're, they're, they're minting these, these $10 Indians, right? And they're taking the disc, putting them in the press, pressing the coin, and they put them in the bag, just like in the movies, right? The old West movies with the burlap sacks, right? That's what they were in. 
and they'd put a thousand of these at ten dollar Indians into a bag. And these bags would sit in the vaults, uh, whether it be at the one of the central banks or one of the uh, one of the regional banks of, of the Federal Reserve, at, whether at the vault, the mint at the vault itself, wherever it was, it sat in these bags. And these bags would travel. Right? Sometimes uh, countries would be, hey, I, I'm on. Send me, send me ten bags. Of ten dollar gold coins, because you know the, back back then gold was the money, and it could have been put on a ship, right, and sent overseas. It, it could have been put on a stagecoach, right, you know, and and sent across the country. But what didn't happen is they never it never left the bags. So the coins that never left the bags, though these coins could be graded. Because they're whether they were what they called uncirculated. In other words, nobody put them on the counter at the bar. No one put them on the counter at the hardware store. People weren't walking around with these in their pocket, right? They just didn't get used. And the the coins that were at the bottom. And the coins that were at the top, right, they got bounced around, and maybe the coins in the middle, not as much. But but they grade them on a scale. Look at a scale of 0 to 10, okay, 0 to 10. But in the, in the gold world, they use 60 to 70. 70 is perfect. Those don't exist. And, and obviously that would make sense, right, just because of the fact of, of how they got handled, and even the press in those days, right? It wasn't of the quality of today. I think the highest grade you you could find, and I don't even know if you could find it on an Indian, maybe you can, is maybe a 67. So figure, uh, ballpark, a 7 is about as high as it could be, right? And, And there's hardly any of those. Uh, but but uh, this, these ones are what we call a 61. So these ones, they've got some what we call bag marks on them. In other words, the other coins, they were bouncing up and down. But these are uh, just incredible conditioned, all of them graded by PCGS or NGC, especially when talking Indians. There's, you know, graded Indians of, of any kind are just, you don't see them. And you never see them in quantity like this. So to be able to get a Mint State 61 $10 Indian. Now, here's the thing. I tell you, don't pay premiums. And that's why I'm telling you to buy these today because they're the same price as our raw $10. If you called right now and said to Arlene, I just want a $10 Indian. I want the cheapest one you got. That would be the what we call the raw or circulated $10 Indian, the stuff that we normally sell to everybody. And you know our material, very good-looking material, $810. Now I'm telling you, you can buy them graded. And you go, you know the grade. You got circulated, then you got XF, VF, AU, BU, CU, Mint State 60. This is a Mint State 61. 
and it's $810. That's the value in there, 800-951-0592. The Larry Kudlow Indian Special, uh, the guy would give away the country in order to, to uh, make stock prices go up, was out yesterday. It's just, again, until we get serious about it, here's the thing. I don't think it's going to happen, right? I don't think the Chinese are, you know, at least everything I've seen, they haven't bought any food. Where's the food purchases? Where's the good faith gesture? It's not out there. Five cargo loads. By the way, those five cargo loads, they, they got bought the other day. That's it. That's all they bought since the initial one. 800-951-0592. We had a lot of economic data out today. We'll get to that when we get back. I got an update on the radio station. We are, a closing date has been set. I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, we're getting ready here. Finally, you know, we went up to Colorado 51. It'll be when we close. We were, the day that we, we were closing on December 3rd, 51 weeks before that is the first time we went up to Colorado, uh, met with Sharon, and put the deal together to buy the radio station. And we are getting ready to close here in a few weeks, so I'll tell you about that as well. Uh, get you all updated there. Pretty excited about it. Took forever, you know, but you got to do it. You know, you get the lawyers about got to document it all, make sure uh, everything's uh on the up and up. It's finally happening. Patriot Raider News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. A recent disturbing court ruling from Switzerland should be a warning to Americans of what could happen to our freedoms if we're not careful here. In Switzerland, parents are required to petition their government for permission to homeschool their children, just like the teachers' unions would like to force on us here in America. Each district government in Switzerland is able to set their own standards for parents. However, one Swiss mother was shocked when her request to homeschool her 8-year-old son was denied simply because she couldn't present a reason why it would be impossible for her son to go to public schools. In her district, only children who physically cannot make it to the public schools are allowed to be homeschooled. The mother took her case to Switzerland's highest court, but she didn't like what she found. The court ruled that parents have no right to homeschool their children. Think about that. Each district could mandate that parents turn their children over to the public school system, and there's nothing the parents can do about it. This court ruling is heartbreaking for the people of Switzerland, but parents in America should pay attention, too. The groups fighting to take rights away from Swiss parents are the same people trying to take away our rights to our children. The biggest opponent of homeschooling in Switzerland and America is the teachers' unions. They profit off our kids being in their schools, and they don't want to give up that money. The teachers' unions and their talking heads roll out the same worn-out talking points against homeschooling every time. A spokesman for a Swiss teachers' association fear-mongered homeschoolers by saying, 
Many children who are homeschooled have less interaction with their peers outside the family, so they're less socialized. The only problem is that she made that claim with zero evidence to back it up. The old homeschoolers are antisocial routine is the oldest trick in the book for militant teachers associations. Even though there's no evidence to support the myth, it can be heard from here to Switzerland. If we don't challenge these falsehoods and challenge them strongly, we could very easily end up like the captive parents of Switzerland. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms and colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The Mint State sixty one ten dollar Indian, and this is a coin that, at its peak, was over two thousand dollars. That's how, when when gold was running the last time, Indians, and a lot of you will remember this, and you couldn't get them. And the next time around, it's going to happen again. So being able to pick up Mint State 61, graded, never seen the light of day. I mean, when you think about how many people own gold here in the U.S., I mean, it's it's a fraction of a percent. Then you think about how many of them own Indians, any of any kind, it's even smaller. Anything about how many of them own a any form of a graded Indian? I mean, you're down to just a just a small amount, uh, probably less than a tenth of one percent, probably even maybe a twentieth of one percent of the people would have them, and to be able to buy them at at that price, it's just a great value. These are one of those things where uh, when you see you know, the, the, the gold run, and, and let's just say, hey, Trump loses, right? We're probably going to see another big gold run, right? Or or maybe he wins, but then all of a sudden, right, all the the debts just don't stop in all of the, the, the repo markets that they promise you. You know, it's just like the subprime housing. Oh, no, it's all okay. It's all wonderful. Isn't all wonderful? These are going to do really really well you know gold go you know these are coins that have they have the ability especially the indians of all of them you know gold going up a hundred dollars and these ones going up 200 these are uh you know one of those rare ones because they're just hard to get there's just not that many of them so take advantage 810 bucks at 800 951 uh we're we're there uh we're we're 
we have set a date. We are closing on 1360 KHNC. Uh, we've been running it for a while, you know, for since December, really. And uh, we're going to make it official. Uh, FCC's ready. We're ready. Sharon's ready. The lawyers are just finishing all the documents. Uh, we'll be up there on December the 3rd. I know I'll be up there. That's really the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. We'll be up there all week. Uh, make sure you uh, plan to come by and see us. We got a lot of things happening as early as today. The satellite dish. And a lot, some of you up there will know we were looking for a satellite dish. Uh, we got the satellite dish that, that uh, we repaired uh, and ready to go back up on the roof as early as today. Uh, we got more great programming coming. Listen, we got a lot of big things happening. In, and I know we've been in a lull here for a little while because we've been waiting. And this is just how it works. Uh, but but uh, it's going to be official here in less than three weeks. And we're getting ready to move forward. Remember, supporting Patriot Trading Group, not only does it keep us on the air in Phoenix, uh, it keeps the radio station in Colorado running. It's the lifeblood of it. Call us, place the orders, 800-951-0592. Another one, listen, another one of these rallies, you know, be glad you have the stocks. If it's me, I'm not adding anything here. The, they're way overvalued. Uh, the Larry Kudlow Indian rally. Uh, we'll say, I wish it was true. I hope it is. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, China has shown nothing uh, as far as wanting to really deal. They, they let us talk all you want. Remember, though, three people you want to hear from. Trump, Lighthizer, Navarro, if it's not one of them. It's really not worth the paper it's printed on. We had retail sales out today. Uh, it was better than last month, uh, but but the, the headline number was up three-tenths. Last month, it was down three-tenths. So that's, you know, you, you do the math there, you get zero growth. Uh, big drop year over year. And, and when we get it, right, the economy was better last year. And that, that adds up. Uh, the, when you, you know, the Fed has their favorite, some and all this stuff seasonally adjusted, right? Uh, but the Fed has their favorite numbers, uh, this, this core number, uh, it missed. It was only up a 10th. Uh, they wanted it to be up three tenths. Uh, then they like to do exclude autos, exclude gasoline also missed. So the, the headline was, was three tenths. All the details underneath it though, uh, were pretty weak today. Um, we had Newton manufacturing, New York manufacturing index. It missed, uh, came in at 2.9, barely positive. Uh, they were looking for a, a number double that we had inventories out today. A lot of data out today. It missed. Uh, and again, it just goes to show, you know, business, uh, just not investing in a lot of, of stuff, if, you know, if you're not selling it, you're not going to invest in it. And then drive it into work. Did you see gas today? Did you see gas, Arlene? Back above three bucks. Back above three bucks here uh, in Phoenix. Uh, I saw crude oil was back to fifty-seven dollars. And then we had industrial production. Uh, that's a nation number uh, way down. Industrial production for September uh, was not good. 
Uh, October got got worse again, uh, down eight tenths of a percent in October. Uh, they're saying that it was the worst number since May of '09. Uh, additional year to year, the annual decline in industrial production uh, down over 1.13 percent. Manufacturing output fell six tenths of a percent in October. Uh, that is one and a half percent lower than the year earlier, the weakest since uh, December of 15. Mining output was down. Uh, electrical output was down. So uh, pretty much all the data points were on the on the softer side of things. But uh, everybody, folks, you know, Jay Powell did say one thing interesting yesterday, one thing of note. Because they asked him, hey, what about, what about the crash? Do we have to worry? Here's what he said. He said no. And he said no because he goes, well, nothing's that great. Right? The economy's good. Don't worry. And, and, but nothing's great. Right? So nothing in the data is great. So therefore, everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, let's hope he's right. Uh, he, he warned big. Uh, we talked about the budget deficits. Uh, at some point, it's going to be a problem. You know, the, the we're only one month in. October was the first month of 2020. The deficit for the month, $134 billion, And there was nothing special. It wasn't like, well, we had calendar issues. You know, we've heard those things. No, we didn't have those. It was just a straight number. Uh, an increase year over year of 34%. Uh, by the way, the thing they didn't tell you in that, revenues declined. Is that a forebearer of things to come? We'll have to wait and see. When we get back, I'm going to tell you about the latest repos from the Fed. State sixty one ten dollar Indians, no premiums, no extra cost, eight hundred and ten dollars, the exact same price as our cheapest ten dollar Indian that we carry. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Pick them up. Add them to your portfolio. I mean, just really wake up. I mean, we've got, if October is the average, which I have no reason to think it won't be as far as government spending goes, you're looking at a deficit of $1.6 trillion for 2020. And again, I told you this was going to happen. Now, they can try to pretend it's not. But things are getting very interesting, and I know if you only look at, at, at stocks, you don't, you're not seeing the whole picture. And again, this is why 
bubbles get created. The central bank is the leader of the bubble. Yesterday, after Jay Powell got done testifying, Bank of America released another note. Now, remember, it was Bank of America who months, and I'm talking like six months ago, actually sent research to the Federal Reserve saying, hey, we've got a problem in the repo markets. The Federal Reserve ignored them. And, of course, we found out, what, about 30, 45 days ago, we got a problem in the repo markets. I'm just going to share with you some intel because uh, I'm going to also tell you we got another, we got three right now. Until yesterday, we had two types of repo auctions. A daily one, right, which is at up to $125 billion a day that banks can borrow. Then we have this two-week thing, uh, two-week repos that they do. I think it's twice a week, right, that are, that are at $45 billion apiece. Now the central bank, they're, they're worried about we got more problems coming at the end of the year. And so they're, they're announcing a third one now. This one is a 40, wait, includes a 28, so we got a third one and a fourth one, a 28-day and a 42-day repo auctions that are coming next. And how bad is it? And again, it really allows for bubbles to happen. I'm going to read from you. This is from Bank of America. The U.S. financial system's reliance on repos could short-circuit the market's ability to accurately price the supply and the demand for leverage as asset prices rise and implicitly facilitate the next financial crisis because the Federal Reserve has entered uncharted territory of monetary policy that may stretch beyond its dual mandate. Excuse me? Right? We know the central bank has been hiding behind everything they've done. All of these things that I've told you make no economic sense whatsoever. Oh, well, we have a dual mandate of stable prices and full employment. And guess what? Bank of America said, hey, this ain't that. By the way, they went on to talk about the central bank and say this isn't QE, but make, leave no doubt about it. This is QE and quite possibly QE like we've never seen before. Of course, QE standing for quantitative easing. What's wrong? What's broken? What does it mean? And right now, here's what Bank of America is saying. The Fed doing what it's doing doesn't allow for the market to accurately price risk. Which means you have, you know, kind of what we're seeing today, right? Wall Street's at new record highs, yet corporate profits are zero. 
right? Growth of corporate profits, third quarter, zero. It's actually like negative three-tenths, right? The, the profits aren't growing. I mean, you can say what you want, right? We all know, listen, the economy's okay. It's definitely slowed, but it's okay. But is it, right? And, of course, the Fed is putting the Band-Aid on it, right? How much slower would we be if they weren't doing it? They said the yet, uh, they don't know the total on, of these auctions, but, but they're saying that the two auctions, these two new ones, 28-day, 42-day, another $55 billion. And according to Bank of America, remember, they were the first to warn about this stuff months ahead of time. The Fed laughed at them. They're saying that amount is far, far too little to meet the year-end liquidity demands and represents just the first shots in the Fed's scramble to flood the system with liquidity. It says that uh, the overnight, and it talks about the $120 billion and the, and the $45 billion uh, that I've already told you about, but now Bank of America is saying it's not enough. These two new ones, not enough. The, the Fed is blocking the market's ability to accurately price in risk that it's allowed for this extreme leverage to exceed what the market can bear. Well, you tell me. Is that a good thing? Bad thing? Everything has a cost. I'm just worried about what this is going to cost us. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. Before we head out for the week, call that number. Support us. Support the radio station. 800-951-0592. The $10 Indian Mint State 61 at $810. And listen, we're going to pay this price. Bank of America is telling you we know it. You don't do this. Remember how we got QE the first time? Wall Street wasn't going to open, right? Remember? Hank Paulson, the two, we need $700 billion. Right? Now now we're they're trying to say, hey, it's great. Everything's fine. Don't worry. And this may be the biggest QE. Now, Bank of America is just, listen, they let the cat out of the bag. We need a lot more of it before the end of the year. And you keep thinking, the one thing that isn't changing, central banks, Buying gold like crazy. Uh, by the way, Serbia, another new country. Serbia now uh, a, an official gold buyer. In the third quarter, central banks bought another 156 metric tons. So far this year, they've bought 548 metric tons. 
They're looking for about 700 metric tons of gold pot by Central. Remember last year we did 600 metric tons. By the way, let me give you a perspective. Central banks this year are going to buy 22% of all the gold that gets mined for the year. Just the central banks by themselves are going to buy roughly 22% of all the gold mined. And you think about, right, we've been talking about ETFs, right, and everybody piling into that one. Just the third quarter, holdings grew by 258 metric tons. I mean, so you're sitting there and you're looking at at uh, what's happening uh, on, in the gold market. And, you know, we've had a huge rally. Yeah, we've had a pullback. That's why it's a great time to buy buy this pullback. Gold went up 300 bucks. A little consolidation here. Uh, and, and, again, a lot of it based kind of on some sketchy, sketchy things. And you start looking at the repo markets now. Now it's one thing when the banks are like, oh, yeah, great, repos are great. Now you got banks saying, hey, wait a minute. We got a problem. We can't price the risk right now. Right? You're, you're, you're convoluting the market. I don't know what to do, right? And, and, of course, you know, a good bank, when you can't price risk, like Warren Buffett always used to say, hey, if I can't figure it out, I don't buy it. Why gold's so great? It's so easy to figure out. 800-951-0592. Be your own central bank. Continue to put gold away. Uh, and let's listen, at the end of the day, let's hope we don't, don't need to use it. You know, especially think about the news we had today or yesterday I gave you. China's getting ready. We're months away. Sometime it, it appears that in 2020, China is going to be the first country to issue an electronic currency. Told you, this is where we're headed. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. Everybody have a great weekend. Good luck to the Saints tonight. And we'll talk again on Monday.